trust is vital in a marriage relationship. It's something that we have to work at, always protect, and rebuild if lost. Many find trusting their spouse to be very difficult, either due to how they have been treated in the past or because the bond of trust has been broken in their marriage. In today's episode, we're taking a look at how, as wives, we can help to build the trust in our marriages, the dangers of the accusations of mistrust and how we can avoid those, as well as how to rebuild that trust once it's been lost. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Hey ladies, before we get started today, I just need to say a great big thank you. Thank you to all of you who have taken the time to write a review. You just have no idea how much it blesses me. And and I read them. I read every single one of them probably more than once. And and I just feel so bad because I can't, you know, respond and say thank you and how much this has blessed me, you know, right then and there when I read them. There's no way to respond to you in this. So I just wanted to take this moment today and just give you a just a big thank you from the bottom of my heart because it really does bless me when I see that God is using this podcast to be able to help wives in their marriages and to be able to just get his truth out there and to bless you in that way. And if you haven't, you know, done a review yet, but you've thought about it, please do. I would love to hear from you for one. And then secondly, you know, by leaving those reviews, that actually helps the ranking of the podcast. And so that helps other women who are looking for that same thing that you are looking for and help with their marriage and help in how to become a submissive wife. It helps them to be able to find the podcast as well. So like I said, if you've been thinking about it, please go ahead, take a few minutes and leave a review. I would so appreciate it. And so would the ladies who are going to find this podcast because you've done so. And then just thank you so much to those who have already left a review and just blessed me immensely in that way. All right, so let's get started. 
Trust is a bond between you and your husband that is absolutely vital in a marriage. The two of you should be free to be open and honest with each other, always looking out for the other's best interest. There should be no secrets, no little white lies, no thoughts or actions of resentment or selfish gain. So I was chatting with one of my daughters the other day, and she was just telling me about this situation between her and her husband. And and just as I was listening, it just hit me in that, oh my goodness, girl, like your husband trusts you beyond measure. Like he full on trust you and has no fear that you're going to do anything that is against him or against the family, anything that is not the very, very best that you could do for them. And he doesn't question her motives, her, her intentions, because he knows that she loves him, that she loves the family, that she is going to have that sacrificial love for them and to do whatever is best and that he can safely trust in her. And it just brought to mind Proverbs 31 11, where it says the heart of her husband safely trust her. So he will have no lack of gain. And you may be thinking, well, that's awesome. I wish my husband would trust me like that. Well, ladies, this didn't just happen on its own. Her husband trusts in her because of the conduct that consistent conduct that she has had with that relationship over time. This is how we build trust in a marriage. So then what was her conduct? What has she been doing to build that trust that he feels this way about her? And so one of the first things is to be a woman that your husband can trust, to conduct yourself in a way that there's no doubt that he can trust you and that you always have the best interest of him and the family at heart, that your actions and decision-making are not done based on any kind of selfish gain or what it is that you want personally, but it's based on your sacrificial love for your husband and for your family. Jesus not only shows us a sacrificial love toward us, but he also tells us that we are to show that same kind of love to others. In Ephesians 5, verse 2, it says, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. See, we are called to love sacrificially, putting the needs of others before ourselves. And if we are only looking out for ourselves, then our husband is never going to be able to trust us, never going to be able to trust that the decisions that we make, that the actions that we make are not based on what we want and our selfish gain, but are based on that sacrificial love that we're to have for the family. Showing your husband that he can safely put his trust in you by doing all for your family and so that he has no lack of gain. That is the goal that we have. The next way that we can do this is by making sure that our yes is yes and our no is no. And it tells us this in Matthew 5, 37, but let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one meaning that there should be absolutely no lying or deceit of any kind, no keeping secrets, no purchasing something and then hiding it behind his back. Everything is absolutely open and above board. It also means that 
You're never going to tell him one thing because that's what it is that he wants to hear, but then go and do something else behind his back because you know he's not going to find out. Whatever you say that you will do, you will be sure to accomplish it. And whatever you tell him that you will not do, anything he's requested that you not do or you tell him that you don't that you won't do, then make sure that you don't do it. So, say your husband is trusting you to pay all of the household bills. And there's one that just for whatever reason it was missed. And if he asks you about it, don't lie about it. Don't make up some kind of excuse, but just tell him the truth. We all make mistakes. We all mess up at times. So just be honest about it and tell him about it. If you've agreed to stay within a budget with the groceries or the money that's spent on the kids, then do this. Find ways to save on things. Find ways that you can cut coupons or find deals or sales and maybe even say no to some of those things that the kids don't really need or that you don't really need their just wants. Find, you know, just say no to some of those things. The fact that you are doing the request that your husband has asked you to, the fact that you are staying faithful to that causes him to trust you when he asks you to do something. Let your yes be yes and your no be no at all times. Another way that we build trust in the marriage is to set priorities, to follow through and to do it well. So as some of you know, my husband and I have been working together in our own business for over 25 years now. And the reason that we've been able to do this successfully is because my husband has his part of the business that he works on and does, and then I have my part that I do. And so what he does is sales and working with the customers, designing products, all of those kinds of things. And then what I do is kind of more behind the scenes, accounting, bookkeeping, you know, all of the stuff that has to go into the computer and keeping track of records. And I know that I can trust him to do his part and I don't ever get involved. I don't ask questions about, did you get something done or how are you going to accomplish this task? And he also doesn't worry about if the vendors are paid, if the sales tax was filed on time, or if the customers are invoiced in a timely manner. And the reason for this, the reason why we don't worry about each other and that we fully trust that the other person is going to do their part is because we always have. We have always set the priorities, we have always followed through, and we always do it well. Whenever an issue arises with a customer or a vendor, I'm always able to show him that I did my part, I did what I was supposed to do. Not that I don't ever make mistakes, because yes, of course I do, but for the most part, I have followed through, I have done my part, and the problem is not on my end. If we have some kind of a special problem with an order, or a situation with a customer, then I will also CC him at times with some of my emails just so that he is in the loop and he has a comfort level as to what is happening and that the situation is being taken care of. In Ephesians 6, 5 through 8, it tells us this, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. So let's break this down for a minute. 
First, it tells us, be obedient in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers. So as we are going about caring about our roles and our responsibilities as wives, then we're to do so with that sincere heart, that the things that we do for our husbands and our for our families, that they're done out of love, not out of eye service, meaning that we're not just doing these things because we think that we have to, or because somebody is watching us because our husband is there and he's seeing what it is that we're doing, but that we're doing these things out of the sacrificial love that we have for our family and that we are carrying out these tasks and that we're doing it well, that we're doing the will of God from the heart. And then it says, goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. How well we carry out our God-given role as wives is not determined in any way by the conduct of our husbands. It's not that, well, if he does well, I will do well. We are to set priorities to follow through and to do it well, despite what their responses might be, despite what their actions might be, because we are doing this for the Lord, not for them. We are doing this because we are followers of Christ and daughters of the King, and we want to please our Heavenly Father. If your husband has you know, a good response to this, then yes, you want to please him as well. But if he doesn't, that's okay too, because we're to do this out of our love and service to Christ, not necessarily out of our love and service to our husbands. And then where does it say that our reward will come from? Well, it says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. If your husband does not respond with the love and the admiration that you would want him to, know that your reward is not from him anyway, but it's from the Lord. The Lord sees your heart. He sees everything that you do. And this is our promise that he rewards us for our righteous conduct, no matter what our husband's response might be. And ladies, these verses were written regarding bond servants and masters, which today would be anyone who is in authority over us, such as your supervisor or your boss at work. So how much more should we be this way with our own husbands? And then lastly, and how we build trust is that we give no reason for anyone to doubt our motives or our intentions, both when we are with our husbands and when we are away from him that in all areas of our lives, we are above reproach, that there's no reason for your husband to even think or consider that he cannot completely trust you in every way, both when you are with him and when you are away from him. Psalms 24, 4 says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. And then in Psalms 32, 2, it says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Not just as wives, but as believers, we are to have clean hands and a pure heart with no spirit of deceit within us. We are not to be hiding things from our husbands or giving any reason to think that we do not have that pure heart. To do this, we must be mindful of our surroundings and our actions, to be careful when we find ourselves alone with another man, even if it's a coworker, not texting or messaging or spending time with another man, either in person or on social media, that there's no need to have to explain ourselves or to convince our husbands that there was nothing wrong or nothing going on. 
having your yes be yes and your no be no, setting those priorities and following through, as well as not leaving any doubt at all regarding your motives or your intentions or in any actions that you have. This is how your husband begins to safely trust in you and how you build that trust within your marriage. So then what about when we have doubts about trusting our husbands? What do we do then? Well, ladies, first and foremost, we have to be very, very careful. And I cannot stress this enough, but we have to be very, very careful with accusations of mistrust. This is so important because you absolutely cannot undo this kind of accusation. Once it's out there and you have revealed those feelings of mistrust towards your husband, you cannot take it back. It's, it's there and it's hurtful and it's damaging. And we must be very, very careful and not do this lightly. Think about a time maybe when your husband has questioned you. Maybe it was warranted and maybe it wasn't warranted. But in either case, just that doubt of mistrust, just that doubt that you would have chosen to do something that was wrong. I'm sure it was hurtful. I know it's happened to me and it's hurtful. And so we need to be very, very careful when we have this kind of thing in our lives and in our marriages, because like I said, once it's out there, it's out there. So the first thing that we need to do is to determine where are these thoughts of mistrust stemming from? Are they based on fears or actual evidence of something that our husband may have done wrong or maybe up to? So my husband is absolutely nothing like the preconceived notions that I have had of men, particularly growing up. And I'm not even sure where I even got all of these perceptions of men exactly, but I can tell you that at one point as a teenager, I wanted to have children, but I didn't want the men that was going to come up, the, you know, the husband or the man that was going to come along with it. Like, I just want the kids, but I don't want to deal with the husband. And honestly, the men around me at the time when I was growing up, they were not believers. They did not love their wife the way that Christ loves the church. They were selfish and prideful and rude and uncaring. Even after 40 years of marriage, it still amazes me that my husband is nothing like this, nothing like my preconceived notion of what men are like. He is loving, kind, and considerate of me all the time. And I say this because if I would have treated him the way that my preconceived notion was about men instead of how he actually is, then I would have shown him that I didn't trust his motives, that I didn't trust his actions based on those preconceived notions and not based on anything that he had actually done to cause me to mistrust him. When we have feelings or some kind of notion that we can't trust our husbands, then we need to look at where these feelings are stemming from. Are they from some kind of preconceived ideas as to what you think that a man is like? what his motives are, or what his intentions would be. Are they unwarranted doubts put into your mind by the enemy? Because trust me, the enemy will do that. That is one of the ways that he attacks a marriage is he will get you to doubt. I mean, look at Adam and Eve and how he, you know, went to Eve and got her to doubt about eating that apple and what that really represented and what that really meant. And he does the same thing to us all the time. 
And so we need to be in prayer. We need to be going to the Lord and saying, Lord, where is this coming from? Is this from you? Is this a check in my spirit that you are telling me I need to look for something? Or is this from the enemy just trying to draw me away from my husband and to cause division and problems? And then lastly, is there solid evidence for the basis of your mistrust? Did something happen can, that you absolutely cannot refute, that it must be something that you need to mistrust him for because there's absolutely no other reason that you can give for this? And really think about that and pray about that. We all have doubts about our husbands at times. Maybe it's about his motives. Maybe it's about his intentions especially in a new marriage, because, you know, it takes time to build this trust. And in a new marriage, you have to go through that time. You have to go through those areas of, you know, yes, he did the right thing or yes, I did the right thing, whatever it was, but, but you have to have that time to build that trust. And so there may be times that you have those doubts, that you have those questions. How do we take care of those? And what we need to be doing is asking questions in a way that do not question his motives or his actions. Here's some examples of what I'm talking about. So say that you asked him to do some kind of a task, go to the PO box and pick up the mail. And he comes home and you're like, you don't see any mail. Instead of asking him, did you remember to go to the PO box today and pick up the mail? You could ask him, oh, hey, was there anything good in the mail today? You're getting the same answer. You know what he's done, but you're not accusing him of not trusting in the fact that he was going to take care of that for you and take care of that task. Another example is say your car needs to go in for service and he had said that he was going to take it in for service today. Instead of asking, did you take in my car for service like you said you would? You could ask him, how did it go with the mechanic today? What did he say is wrong with the car? And see, do you see the difference? Like if we stop and think for a minute, there is always a way that we can bring to light and we can calm our fears and need to have the questions answered that we have in our little minds without accusing him, without throwing out those accusations of mistrust that they didn't do what we've asked them to do or, you know, are have wrong in motives or intentions in some way. Now, a tougher one is when we see that text message on their phone from a woman that we don't know, and then we're wondering, has he crossed the line of fidelity? And even with this, it's not helpful to start throwing out accusations of mistrust. We can simply say, hey, I saw this text from so-and-so. Is this somebody from work? How do you know her? And, and honestly, even with this kind of questioning, a husband can get defensive but you can let him know that you love him and that, you know, you know that how some women can be. I mean, there are some women out there who do not care that a man is married and they will go after them. So let him know that you're not accusing him of anything, but that your goal here is that you want to protect your marriage, that you love him and that you want to help your husband to not possibly fall into some kind of a trap or to be in a situation that leaves him not above reproach. Because if we think about it, ladies, this is really our goal. We want to protect our marriages. If affair proofing your marriage is something that is really on your heart right now, then there is an episode available on this that you'd want to listen to. It's episode 31 
And I'll put a link for you in the show notes if that's something that is on your heart right now. So if there are doubts, if there are, you know, things that you are concerned with and need to ask your husband, then just stop and think about how you can ask this question, how you can phrase it to where it is not an accusation of mistrust, but you can still find out the same information without showing that doubt that you have and pray, pray for God to help you with the doubt and the fear that you have in trusting your husband and continue to show him that he can trust in you. Now, I know for some of you ladies, you are beyond this point. The trust has already been broken and you're wondering if it can ever be rebuilt again. If you will ever be able to have that loving, trusting relationship that you once had, well, I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. It is not easy. It does take time. But with God, it is absolutely possible. It starts with learning to forgive. And this forgiveness needs to come from both sides. The one who is hurt and learning to forgive the mistake of the other, and then the one who broke the trust in receiving God's forgiveness and in learning to how to forgive themselves and to feel forgiven. It takes true forgiveness the way that Jesus forgives us, which means letting go of the pain, not carrying it around, and not allowing it to make us bitter. It means remembering it no more. Not that you're ever going to completely forget about it, but in not bringing it up and not using it against your husband in anger or in any other way, and in not harboring mistrust because of it. Hebrews 8.12 tells us, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And Christ calls us to do the same. This isn't easy by any means, and it takes time. And it takes time for you to allow God to heal your heart, but it is absolutely possible. For more on how to forgive, you know, in and of itself, then go listen to episode 29 when you're done with this one. And it's on how to forgive and stop the bitterness from growing in your heart. And again, I will put a link to this one in the show notes as well. Both of you working on the forgiveness aspect of this is the first step in rebuilding that trust. During this process of forgiveness, you will also be wanting to work on rebuilding the trust within your marriage. The spouse that has broken the trust in a marriage must work to rebuild it by making it, making their life an open book. They must be completely transparent and have the understanding that this is going to take time. And so they need to have patience, having no secrets, keeping nothing to themselves and being completely above reproach. They need to be understanding when their spouse has concerns and asks questions, knowing that this is all a part of the consequences for their actions. The one who has been hurt also must work at rebuilding the trust between the two of you. This is done by not going out of your way to look for things to not trust them in and giving them the benefit of the doubt whenever it's possible. Pray for God to help you in this to give you the grace and the mercy that you need in order to be able to forgive and to move on, to put your faith and trust in the Lord and his faithfulness to you while you're rebuilding the faith in your husband. In the beginning, there will be a lot of concern and a lot of questions, but as long as there is no new evidence of mistrust, 
then that concern should taper off over time. The enemy is certainly going to intervene in this, just like he intervenes like I talked about before. And he is going to do his best to give you doubts about your spouse in any way that he can. When you are having those doubts, ask God for wisdom and discernment, for God to guide you in this, in that, is this something that is truly concerning, something that I really need to be worried about, or is it just something that the enemy is hitting me with? If you have prayed over it and just you just can't make those feelings of doubt go away, you can't seem to get it out of your mind, then go ahead and speak to your husband about it and just kind of lay it out for him and saying, look, I'm doing my best to try to trust you. I have this thought. I've been trying to deal with it, trying to pray over it, and I just can't seem to make it go away. So I just need to get it out in the open and to discuss it with you so that we can move forward with it together. It is such a good way to handle this because, you know, when we do this and that enemy has been, you know, trying to spur things on and to cause difficulties, when we do this and we put it out in the open like that, then the enemy loses his power. There are no secrets. There are no hidden things that we have because that's what the enemy likes. The enemy loves secrets. And so when you do that and you do it in an open way that like, look, I'm trying, this is how I want to move forward with this. Then, um, like I said, the enemy is just going to let go and he's going to go away from you. And then know that this takes time. And by time, I'm talking like a year, but it's so worth it in the end. In the end, you can have a loving, trusting relationship, the same that you had before all of this began. Your marriage can be stronger because of what you have gone through, because of the commitment that you now have toward one another and that you have persevered together. You once again can look to the future and the blessings of a long, happy, Christ-centered marriage. And I know it's tough and it's a huge struggle, but it is so much better than the alternative. It is so much better than divorce and custody battles and visitation rights and all that other stuff that goes with it. So work at it. As I said, it is so worth it. And you can even think about it this way in that, you know, if there has been some kind of infidelity or mistrust or anything like that, you know, that may end up being just a blip in your marriage in the years. Like I've been married for 40 years. And in something like that in my marriage would have been a blip, right? But divorce, that's forever. That's your future. And so much better if we can just follow God's leading, follow his faithfulness, ask for his help to come alongside of us and to build that trust again in our marriage and to repair it and to put it back together. That is just so much better for us in the long run. There are very few people in this world that we can fully trust in and complete trust in your spouse is a vital part of your marriage relationship. As wives, we are to be doing all that we can to build the trust in our marriages that our husband's heart can safely trust in us, that he will have no lack of gain, that we are not throwing out accusations of mistrust on a whim or for unwarranted reasons but that we stop and we think for a moment and that we are careful in how we ask questions to our husband, knowing that if the trust has been broken in a relationship, it doesn't mean that it's over. 
that you can begin to trust in him again with Christ's help. But it will take forgiveness, patience, help from the Lord, and time to rebuild. But it is so much better in the long run. Jesus tells us in Mark 10, 27, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you, and see you on the next episode.